What up, HyperChange? Welcome to another episode. Today, we're talking about Tesla. Critical thinking. I want your guys' opinion on sort of this philosophical question. How do you value Tesla? What is Tesla's value? What is the fair price of this investment? Um, you know, I think a lot of Tesla soaring in stock price, crazy volatility in the stock market, S&P 500 inclusion, Robinhood, Wall Street bets, day traders. I think we've really lost focus of the bread and butter of investing, which is you're buying stock in a company. You know, this isn't just a piece of paper that goes up and down in price. This is the rights to a piece of ownership in a company. There's a business behind every stock that is so important. And so I think now, you know, I've been doing a lot of soul searching and thinking about, wow, I never expected Tesla to go up this fast, this quickly. You know, a $40 billion company is a lot different than a $400 billion company where Tesla trades at today. Literally in the past year, we've seen Tesla 10X essentially in market capitalization and value. I mean, this is one of the most unprecedented rise in value, especially during such a global pandemic phase. And so now the question for long-term investors like myself, and this is when you gotta dig deep and think and you know be a contrarian, have your own ideas, not get phased by the market of, what is Tesla worth? What do I feel comfortable buying and selling this stock? What is the intrinsic value of this company? How is that changing? And I think the biggest thing that I wanna convince with this episode is there is no right answer. The reason why I love finance and economics and investing is because there's no, like the greatest theories are waiting to be disrupted. The status quo of how we understand financial markets, the way it's taught in business school in Stanford at NYU at UPenn right now is incorrect in decades and will be wrong. Like Warren Buffett value investing book value PE ratio would have gotten you nowhere and actually underperformed the market recently. Hyper growth companies that made no sense for traditional valuation metrics were radically outperforming the market with this new status quo of low interest rates, invest everything, maximize operating cash flow, separate it out from CapEx, Amazon, look at the first stat and every one of their earnings reports, the PE ratio is gone. Book value is gone. There's new ways to look at financial markets, how we think about the value of an equity of a technology company. Everything's relative equals MC squared. If the trust in the fiat system of the US dollar, maybe we're off the gold standard. Maybe we have less uh, faith in the monetary policy the US government has been doing. Maybe China's yuan is a better rival. Maybe the euros come together. You know, what are bonds doing? Uh, I, can you invest in startup companies or are we only allowed to invest in public companies. Like, I don't know where I'm going with this rant, but the point is, is I think financial markets and the reason why I'm interested in stocks is it's one of the most fascinating ways to look at society from this anthropological perspective of what is the psychology? What is the expected future probabilities of humanity? You know, how, and, and the sum of sort of human theories of probability of how the future is going to turn out is what the stock market is. And so it's sort of this aggregate pulse on human psychology for each company. And I just think this is so fascinating and the way that this human psychology decides to value these companies is constantly changing. And I think the biggest lie that people will say is that this academic rule of like the PE ratio is governing financial markets when it's clearly not. There's clearly something else governing financial markets. And so that's what I really try and take the time to understand as a student of the game. It's not like, oh, like... Tesla's trading at a PE of 100. It must be overvalued. It's like, no, well, why does the market not care about this high PE ratio? What am I missing about the business? What is different about this macro environment? Why was Amazon trading at an infinite PE ratio for years, losing money, yet still has become one of the greatest investments in all time, and now later, 20, 25 years after investing, has started to make a profit? This is, you know, different businesses 
are all different. They're all unique. And I think bucketing these case studies together and saying, well, like if your cash flow is not this, well, Tesla had higher CapEx as a percentage of revenue longer than Amazon did. So they're never going to have the cash flow that Amazon do does on a price revenue basis because it took them longer to get to profitability. But oh, wait, what if their CapEx is more because they're actually building cars, not just shipping packages and building warehouses? Then maybe that cyclical CapEx trend when the pendulum swings goes even harder towards massive profits. Maybe that's what we're seeing. Like, I don't know if this is making any sense, but it's just, uh, you know, you nothing is right. Nobody's right. Nobody's wrong. The, the theories that govern financial markets will be disrupted in perpetuity. That's my theory. So whatever anyone tells you, like you, you at home could be sitting on the greatest next theory that governs financial markets for decades to come. It's out there somewhere and it's not the PE ratio. And so I think this is so exciting. And I just think it's like this, you know, it's a game. It's a massive like intellectual jousting of like, who can predict the future? Who can understand what's going to happen with these companies? Who can understand how the psychology of the market will change around these companies? And that is what investing is. And I think people who dumb it down and simplify it and pretend that if you can point to a book value and a PE ratio to say a stock's overvalued or undervalued, you know, they just don't get it. They don't have an appreciation for the art form and the beauty that is the financial markets, which are really the sum of all humanity. I mean, you know, think about how hard it is to predict a human and to put a human into numbers. Tesla is like 40,000 humans working on things. They have different humans coming in and out, different products, millions of things happening all over the world at once. Um, you know, how are you going to pinpoint an exact value for that? You know, every second, the intrinsic value of Tesla changes based on all of these gazillion factors for you to try and boil it down its value and you know, you have your hubris to say, well, Tesla's so overvalued at these prices. The amount of people who would say that who've never even gone to the factory, who've never even been in the car, it's like, dude. Um, anyway, so I'm getting totally sidetracked, but I, I think the point is, you know, this is a much very, you know, philosophical exercise, if you will, of, of investing. And my theory for Tesla is, you know, I'm a super, super duper long-term investor. I really think that, uh, you know, fiat currencies are inflating. I think the trillion dollar tech company is not going to be like this unicorn for one or two. It's going to be all the big tech companies are worth handful of trillions of dollars um, in maybe five or 10 years. I see Tesla becoming one of those companies. I see them dominating and digitizing and softwareifying, you know, software is eating the world, that transportation sector, um, turning the car to a computer on wheels, selling, you know, five to 10 million cars a year, generating 50 to $100 billion in profit from their electric vehicle, you know, battery electric vehicle business when you include trucks. Um, you know, that could almost justify a trillion dollar valuation. Then you talk about what they're doing with energy, with the grid. I mean, Tesla just raised $5 billion. Imagine if they decided to go start building their own power plants instead of selling solar panels and batteries to power plants. I think that's something they could get into as well. And so I truly think Tesla, and I got into this from day one because the bigger the problem, the bigger the opportunity. These are, and I know I say this all the time on my channel, but like really, you know, I do think there is $2 trillion problems that Tesla's disrupting, energy and transportation. I think they will win both of those. I think you fast forward five years, those are not trillion dollar companies. Those are several trillion dollar opportunities. So I see Tesla becoming a $2 trillion company here in the near future or in the next five to 10 years. So, you know, I don't know. I think this is, and I'm just showing you my thought process so you can do yours. Um, and remember, nothing's financial advice. I'm not a financial advisor. My whole thing is for you to think for yourself and invest for yourself. I hate it when people ask me, what should I do? Should I buy or sell? Should I do, should I, you know, Gally, I know you don't do financial advice, but I really wanna know if I should buy my stock now or should I sell and get my Tesla or should I do this? And I'm like, I don't know. How about be a grown-up and make your own decisions because you're not going to start being an investor and not going to start learning anything until you take the responsibility for your own financial decisions and start analyzing the companies with that own burden of free will of like, I picked this company. It's not a stock pick my homie told me. So 
Anyway, got that off my chest. But my idea is, and you can argue with me if you want, that I think Tesla will be worth one or $2 trillion in five to 10 years. And so $336 billion, you might be saying, well, okay, Tesla quintuples, let's call it, to my fair value in 2025 to 2030. You know, you can reverse engineer the annual uh, compounding of investment returns. I don't know, what is it? 20 to 30% per year compounding will get me to one and a half trillion in five or 10 years, something like that. Of course, a million different factors there. You know, it could be 10, it could be 15, it could be 50%. But you know, I think that's the point we're at with Tesla. It's beyond this crazy startup, you know, $3 billion company turning into a trillion where you can make a couple hundred times your money, which is when I first started getting involved with Tesla 2012, when the thing has, you know, a micro market cap here, you know, three, two, $3 billion. It was insane to think back now. It's literally more than 100x in value since I started following the company. But the truth is, I think it could, you know, 10x again here in the next decade. And I think that's not a crazy return. It's not an exciting return. But um, that's still an amazing blue chip tech company. And for the way I'm structuring my portfolio of, you know, I'm using my excess cash flow from hyperchange to now maybe put into some crazier, riskier stuff and keeping all of my Tesla, not selling it because this is my blue chip retirement, you know, lion of my portfolio that I just want to keep growing. And I'm fine to just compound at 25 to 30%. I'm not looking for that hundred bagger with that capital. And I think Tesla's really just about on the cusp of becoming the next tech blue chip, the next Apple, and just being a massive savage compounder for a decade to come. Um, I do think we're a little inflated here though. You know, This is a company that right now is at a 30, $35 billion revenue run rate, trading for 30, 300 to 350 billion, about 10 times price sales. That's normal for right now, but for any historical metric of tech companies or hardware companies, or you know, by any financial metric in history, Tesla would seem massively overvalued now, um, so I think you do have to assume that there's going to be some sort of backfilling into the valuation. Remember, Tesla stock in 2012-2013 soars from 30 or 40 bucks to almost 200 in a matter of six months and then stays flat at two or 300 for five years before or six years or whatever before taking off again. And so I think, you know, and what was happening, Tesla goes from 3 billion to 40 billion. The company was really worth like 5 billion and then went to 10 billion, but the stock goes from 3 billion to 40 billion, way overcorrecting. Then it takes three to four years for that intrinsic value to start to build up to that equity price. Price. And what we had happen is that intrinsic value was at like 350, 400 a share. The stock was still at 300. Finally, people started to accept that intrinsic value and bam, now we've way overcorrected to 2000 or whatever per share split adjusted. And I think the intrinsic value is closer to six, 700, but that intrinsic value of Tesla goes up every single day, a couple dollars per share, let's call it. So I think the intrinsic value for Tesla, even though it's 50% lower than what we're trading at right now, maybe, um, is going up so quickly. And I think it, my, my certainty that the intrinsic value will be higher than this absolute number of 350 billion is so high that it's like, I'm picking up pennies in front of a steamroller trying to trade this thing, trying to flip it. And so, I mean, those of you who watch my channel know I did very tragically had to sell a tiny bit of my Tesla stock to buy my Model Y. Um, so, and I didn't, I even use like all my savings for that. Like literally like everything I could like had in my reserves that, so I could sell my minimal amount of Tesla. Um, I did that, but like, you know, that wasn't my Tesla investment. My Tesla investment is so long-term and I want to just hold on to it. Um, that wasn't what I thought about the company. It was just cause you know, you got to pay the bills somehow. And if you put literally all of your money into Tesla, the only way to pay your bills is to sell a little Tesla. But investment wise, I really see like my long-term thesis has never been more intact. And frankly, like, you know, thinking back to Tesla's investment and, and, and my, you know, analysis of the company and how my opinion of Tesla's changed over time, you know, very impressed. I would say I was a little bit frustrated with Tesla in 2018, 2017, the Model 3 ramp. And this is something I voiced on the channel a lot was like, 
Tesla really shot themselves in the foot by over-promising for Model 3, under-delivering. I even asked Elon Musk this at the shareholder meeting, I believe in 2018, that was like, how are we supposed to believe your targets? Because, you know, I don't care about Wall Street. I don't care what numbers you're going to hit. I don't care if you miss the analyst estimates, but I care if Tesla tells me we're going to be building 5,000 Model 3s a week by the end of Q4. Like, you know, this is just you and me, Elon. You're talking to me, the investors, and you're saying Q4, we're going to hit 5,000. Dope. I think we can do it. Okay, it's a little too hard. We're going to do it in Q1. And then it's like still in Q1, we're not even close to 5,000. Doesn't take, till, you know, this process of really sort of, it really hurt the trust between me and Tesla management and get lost a little of my faith in the execution. Cause it's like, damn Tesla, like maybe you're not as good as executing as you thought. Maybe you actually can't fucking build a car, you know? And I get worried and I had all these doubts. And so, um, but I think, you know, investing is really hard and Tesla's a really hard company to analyze. So when I say like I had doubts, like I think about whether I should sell my Tesla stock or buy it or, you know, I analyze this every single day. So you're gonna have constant doubts and emotions and ups and downs. And I'm going to hate the way Tesla does this. I'm going to love the way they do that. And then I'm going to hate the way I was on hold for 10 minutes, but then I'm going to love the way they just delivered the car to my house. Da -da -da. You know, there's a million things you're going to love or hate, but I really felt like Tesla's communication and investor relations communication could, could really have, you know, instead of trying to focus on these short-term targets that Wall Street wanted them to hit, they really need to think long-term. They need to change that strategy, that mindset, get the focus away from the 5,000. That's our own target that we missed. So of course, Wall Street's grilling us like, Tesla misses target again. It's like, it was our own target. So that, I don't know. And that was also a difficult time of like, not only playing the Wall Street gaming correctly, but also like, really going through a tough time of the business, not having a huge cushion of cash in the balance sheet, doing a massive bet the company production ramp on Model 3 with a massive bet on a new production system of technology of this automated production line. That didn't work. I mean, this was a really tough time for Tesla and the company was not on stable footing financially. They were not producing like stable positive cash flow. They didn't have a ton in the bank. They still had debt. Um, you know, it was just a lot smaller, a lot riskier. But now you fast forward and it's like, wow, what did Tesla do investor relations communication wise? They, they, they made service and customer service a priority. I know people still complain about that, but I really think Tesla has made it a priority. Elon, listen, um, they, they focused on that. They figured out the Model 3 production ramp. They raised capital. It was tough. They got through it and they really focused the communication after that. And they learned their lesson, the Model Y, they sandbagged like hell. I love that move. They should keep that up. And they learned like, Let's put out Autonomy Day. Let's do Battery Investor Day. Let's focus on and get investors focused and excited on the long-term technology we're building because that's what we want investors to have. Like, you know, if you can have a rock concert or a ballet in the stock market, fast growth or no growth, but you can't advertise your rock concert as a ballet and you can't advertise your ballet as a rock concert. Nobody's going to be pumped. And so Tesla was advertising the short-term mentality, hitting all the targets when really the investors and the people, you know, I'm like, Tesla, don't make, don't make a profit. You know, I'm even, I even went on Cheddar that was like, I'm going to be pissed if Tesla makes money because I want them to be investing like crazy. You know, like we were also on board with the long term. So I think Tesla got a little lost in the sauce. And frankly, this is not me like hating on Tesla. Like this is the Wall Street, you know, this is just, it's business. It's brutal. It's like war. Um, but then Tesla was able to shift the narrative and get out of that cycle, which I think is extremely difficult, took several quarters, massive props to Elon, to Zach Kirkhorn, to Martin and the team for, for like figuring out how to navigate this transition, focusing on autonomous technology, focusing on battery uh, day, not putting out quarterly short-term guidance, putting out longer term annual guidance that was much easier to hit. Like I've really seen a, a maturation of Tesla's 
you know, thoughts to investors. At the same time, they had this massive cost-cutting effort. They went from, oh, we're the La La Land startup just spending money to where Elon's like, nah, we, we've been around for a while. We're gonna start pumping out cash flow. We need to be a real company. They did that. They cut all their costs. OpEx has stayed flat where revenues soared. Cash flows boomed. I mean, so when I think about, you know, my personal gut feeling of Tesla as a company, I was like, damn, like they had some crazy technology. They had so much bright, crazy potential, um, but they were moving a little too fast. Elon was seeming a little too crazy. They, were, they weren't hitting all of their promises. And then what happens? They start hitting their promises. They start looking a lot more calculated. Their production ramps are going a lot smoother. Their financials are coming together. Their balance sheet is rock solid. Like all of these pieces um, really have started to come together. And I think I've seen Tesla really grow up almost from like a teenager to a grown up in the past couple of years. And it's, so what I'm saying is it's not just, you know, and I've said like, it's not just the share price is soaring. The business fundamentals are soaring. You know, Tesla's, Tesla is not a stock market equity price miracle. Tesla is a business miracle. And the equity price is just reflecting the reality of the business miracle that has occurred over the past two years. And so um, I, and I think Tesla, you know, the new big thing that changes the world is never smaller. You know, the next Apple is not going to be just two trill. The next Apple is going to be five trill or whatever, you know? So I think Tesla, that's a huge piece of it. So I think the financial return, I think this goes into blue chip mode. I think we're never going to get as exciting returns as we once would, but I think this is a multi-trillion dollar story that is still, you know, lucrative enough for me to hold on to my shares and for me to still see, you know, several multiples of upside over the super long term. That's my time horizon. So that's the financial reasoning. Ethically, morally, I mean, you know, I, I'm so, so passionate about, about this thing of like, you know, and this is a big reason why I've made videos about Carta, the company, one of my favorite companies in finance, um, that is, their whole mission is to create more owners. And I love this concept. And I just think, you know, I want to invest and become an investor and an owner and a part of these companies that I believe in that are building the future that I want to live in. And I think this is so important, you know, politics, um, I think a lot of people in my generation feel really powerless in politics. We don't feel like, like, how are we going to change the world? How are we going to make an impact? How are we going to have a difference? And I feel like really connecting with brands and companies that align with my uh, values and my vision is something that makes me feel really strongly. Like me being able to pay for my Model Y, give Tesla money, knowing that's going into R&D, knowing their company culture, knowing how they push sustainability. Like that's just something I felt really, really good supporting. And I feel the same way as an investor, you know, like I really want to be a part of Tesla because when I was at the Cybertruck event and they put the Cybertruck on stage, like I was literally screaming at my friends, like, I can't believe like I'm an investor in this company. Like I own this company. Like like that, like, you know, I was a part of this story that like pumped out this cyber, like what the, fuck? like, like I get to own a piece of the company that built and came up with a cyber truck. Like, how is this not the coolest thing ever? Like, you know, like uh, I used to be invested in this company called Jones Soda, like this little Seattle soda company. It's like, okay, it was fun. It was quirky. It was cute soda. Like I understood the business, but like, this isn't exciting. This isn't changing the world. This doesn't get me pumped. Like I really think that there should be a new layer of investing of fun and supporting things that are fun and make the world better, not just putting your money behind something to like get the most financial return. I just think that's so dumb. And I think actually you don't even get good financial returns when you do that because you're trying to outsmart the system. You're crunching a PE value and a book ratio on some oil stock. So you buy it because your stock screener said it was cheap. Like that is just so old school, not the way to do it. I think putting your money and belief in the companies you invest in. And I think 
I'm really bullish on a lot more technologies to come out, like say, where they really show and, and sh allow shareholders to interact with companies better. We can ask more questions to Elon. We get more exclusive perks from Tesla. You know, I think there should be a much more easier seamless two-way communication between shareholders and um, companies. And that's another reason why I want to be a part of Tesla, because I don't know, I just feel like this is a part of history. This is changing the world. And when I think about what I want to keep my money in, like the value of Tesla is the sum of their employees, which are now 40,000 strong and growing of the smartest people in the world, pumping out all of these products from all these amazing factories. You know, yes, 350 billion for a company that made 327 million operating income last quarter annualized. Okay, 1.4, 1.5 billion in annualized operating income. What are we trading at a 250 price EBIT ratio? That's absurd. But what is the yield on government bonds? So going negative everywhere, basically zero on the 10 year. So, you know, the inverse yield equation of what is the Fed doing with the 10 year? What is the S&P doing? Like I'm not getting yield everywhere. Tina, there is no alternative. E equals MC squared. Everything's relative. I'm not getting yield anywhere. Getting a 0.3% yield on my Tesla equity in cash flow that I know is super depressed because they're growing crazy is actually a steez deal. And I know that that 0.3% in cash flow yield is start to compounding like crazy. You know, I fast forward two years, Tesla's doing 6 billion in annualized cash flow, no problem. All of a sudden that's a 2% cash flow yield. That's better than the 10 year. They double it again. That's 4%. We're crushing the 10 year. This could be in five years. I don't know how fast the 10 year is going up, but you know what I'm saying? Like if you start to look, we are in a very weird financial time, a whole nother podcast for me to get into of government bonds are, this is the financial fiat system is basically breaking around the world. You know, if, if bond yields are the benchmark to keeping the equity prices in check at this certain 2015 10 PE ratio that's always happened. Now that bond price check of 5% yields is gone. And so equity prices are flying and it's like, well, they're just printing a ton more dollars. Every currency is trying to print their, their, the hell out of this. You know, we're not backed by gold anymore. Um, I think gold and Bitcoin going up is, is another sign of this, of techflation or futureflation. People are, are really, there's a massive inflation of assets that people think are gonna be more important in the future. And I think cash, we can all say is less important, right? Bitcoin, probably more important. You know, gold, I don't know. Is Elon gonna figure out asteroid mining? I don't know. I'm not, uh, but equity in Tesla, equity in the company that builds the batteries that every country needs, that builds the cars that every country needs, that builds the cars that are green energy that every government around the world is mandating that everyone has to buy. Um, you know, with the cheapest battery, with the most factories, like this is a really big, valuable asset um, that I want to own that, that even though it's a 0.3%, you know, EBIT yield today on 350 billion, I'm not selling. And the problem is I'm not even getting, I don't even have time to get in the nitty gritty of like the mega path, the solar roof. Like, wow, I think that is going to be such a big business. And then this whole optionality of if Tesla figures out robo taxis, I mean, that just, I think the market, I think the stock market is struggling to price in the optionality of if Tesla is able to do an over-the-air software update and have level five robo taxis, even if it's a couple thousand of them in a small geography. I mean, this is that I think the stock market is waking up to saying, okay, we're ignoring Tesla's being in its own chip. We're ignoring Tesla's neural net. Navigant research says Tesla's behind in autonomous research. So in our model, we're assigning a 0% value to that business. Like, okay, dumb Wall Street thinking, you know, looking in the rearview mirror once again, for like, oh man, the bit, you know, like the greatest investors are not the ones on CNBC. They're not the ones on TV. They're not the ones you think are the greatest investors. The greatest investors are people nobody's heard of right now. And they're coming up with new theories that everybody thinks are bullshit, but are performing like crazy. And I think, you know, maybe we're all irrational. Maybe this is a massive bubble. Maybe this is a case study in economics of the, when the PE ratios got so ridiculous and Tesla stock was a, in a downtrend for a decade because it had to backfill in its valuation. We were way too hyped. Or maybe 
it's time to change the way we think about things. Why is it important for a business to pump out excess cash flow if I have so many higher ROI projects to put it into? Why? Because I want to show investors that I can make a high earnings number on my gap income statement so they believe that I can do profitability. Like, is that why we were all showing positive earnings? Or was it actually much smarter instead of piling up money needlessly in a bank account to invest it into projects to operate at a lean ability? You know, if our ROIC, if our opportunities, if, if we have savage things to go get because the world's connected because it's a global economy because the internet exists because we live in the era of hyper change. Maybe this is a time to go savage mode on CapEx if you do have that technology that can be easily distributed globally at this time. Maybe it's not the time to show profits. Maybe it is the time to depress cash flow and say F you to all the you know financial pundits who are gonna say your business sucks and can't make money, but you don't care because you're gonna build that next factory because you know in 2025, this is the right move. That's the way Tesla's thinking. That's why Wall Street doesn't get it. Um, and this is not a train I want, a station I wanna get off. <sighs> Like I actually deep down think Tesla's going to 10 trill, <laughs> um, you know, and I hope to hold my stock till then. So, so anyway, this is my Tesla rant about thinking about Tesla's valuation. How would I value Tesla? How would you value Tesla? How do you think about it in your portfolio? You know, I just really wanted to open this up and have a discussion. I love all of your thoughtful comments that like, I really appreciate reading them and scheming on them. So I know you're going to have a bunch of crazy theories. Leave it below. Hit me up on Twitter. Let's keep scheming because this is a fascinating time to be in financial markets. What a time to be alive studying this in real time. Like there's just so much to learn so much out there. Um, and I just feel pumped to, to like be following it and be a part of it with all of you. So anyway, this is hyper change. Huge shout out to our Patreon supporters, producers. See y'all next time. Peace.